Support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from our friends at Bold Apps. Subscriptions are becoming more popular than ever on Shopify, and there's one app we always recommend to customers when they need to run them, and that's the Recurring Orders app from Bold. Like all Bold apps, it's quick and easy to set up, packed full of features, but they just added a super cool feature that I think is the absolute deal sealer for me. They call it cancellation management, and basically it stops your customers from canceling their subscriptions by offering them great incentives. So if you've ever tried to cancel your cable account, you know what I'm talking about. You say, I want to cancel my account. And they say, all right, what if we offered you, say, a free month of service or extra channels or a discount? Would that change your mind? Bold has built that into this app as an automatic feature, and I think it's a really awesome way to save that predictable recurring revenue provided by your subscriptions. So if you want to try it out for free for two months, just go to ecommerce-bootcamp.com bold to get started today. Additional support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from SEO Manager. You know the benefit of SEO. The higher you rank in search engines, the more visitors your store will have. And more visitors means more sales, which means more money in your pocket. But how do you do that? That's where SEO Manager comes in. It helps Shopify store owners get found in search engines. And it's trusted by thousands of Shopify stores. It leads the market in both innovation and usability. And it's no wonder... SEO Manager adds an entire suite of tools to help attract new customers by fully optimizing your store. So here's a few of my favorites. It scans your site for SEO issues, offers keyword suggestions, adds structured data support, analyzes missing pages and redirects, and it even integrates with Kit, Shopify's personal marketing assistant. And that's not all. It does a whole bunch of more stuff. All of these things will help you to be easily found in Google and other search engines. And best of all, it's easy to get started. You can launch SEO Manager on your store in minutes, and their friendly support team is always on standby if you need help. Plus, as a special offer to our listeners, you can get SEO Manager right now for 10% off forever. Sign up at seomanager.com unofficial. That's seomanager.com unofficial. Reporting from EtherCycle headquarters outside Chicago, this is the unofficial Shopify podcast, and I'm your host, Kurt Elster. Welcome. And last week, we talked with Kaylee Moore, who's a writer for Inc. and Entrepreneur, and we were talking about e-commerce trends. And there's one I got really excited about was, she said, hey, you should write a buyer's guide, you know, to help walk new customers through the decision tree of making, of how to make a purchase decision for your company, because you know your customers. And I, you know, building on that idea, I said it's a really great idea because I've seen, you know, one of the, the successful tactics we've seen a few of our clients use is having people segment themselves. Where up front, they go, okay, you know, are you a new customer or a returning customer? And when you have people self-select like that, um, and not necessarily with that language, but when you have them self-select, it's, they're very different. You know, if I'm new to a product category, I'm identifying myself as a new person, you need to help me make a decision. Like when I walk into, an example, the analogy I used was, if I walk into my friend's bike shop and say, hey, or walk in, the first thing they're going to ask me is, oh, what brings you in today? And I'll say, oh, I'm interested in one of these fancy recumbent bikes. And they'll ask, what kind of riding do you do? So they essentially, it was, is assumed in a specialty retail store that they're going to walk me through the decision. But the, if I'm a returning customer, I'm going to walk in, I've got one of their bikes, or they may recognize me, and they'll say, hey, hey, Kurt, you know, what brings you in? What can we do for you? It's a totally different experience, right? But we don't do that at all 
in our websites, and we especially don't do it in e-commerce websites. We just treat everybody the same, and then we just, you know, we essentially dump our product catalog on them, and then wonder why if we're, you know, if we're doing a, a half decent job, one in fifty people make a purchase, right? So that brought me to uh, my friend Brendan Dunn, who I do truthfully, he's a, I, I've known him for years, and I have I've spoken at his conference, um, and I, I have to say I owe some of my success to him. Um, certainly in part, because I, I, early years ago, I read one of his books, and then I started taking his course, and that was how I got into my first mastermind group. And So I'm, just, I'm grateful to Brendan Dunn, and if you, there are many e-commerce professionals and freelancers who listen to the show, you should check out his stuff. But all right, that, that, I'm done with that rabbit hole and that aside. Um, so now today in the show, we're going to talk about segmentation, which is really it's a more advanced topic, but Brendan is making it more accessible and we're going to talk about how you can apply it in your email workflows and really cool on your website. And that's, that's where the magic happens. That's where there's a tremendous opportunity because I've yet to see, or at least really you know, be aware of a Shopify store that's doing this. You know, certainly, we've brushed, brushed on the topic, but we haven't seen it in action. So we're going to dive into segmentation today, which continuing from last week's episode would be an amazing thing to have in place for your site before Black Friday. So Brennan is the founder of Double Your Freelancing, and he's, got, he's helped teach over 40,000 freelancers and agencies how to earn more money and work with better clients. But for our purposes, more importantly, he's also the co-founder of Write Message, a software company that helps bring on-site personalization to the masses. Um, and if you follow him on Twitter, and you should, he will occasionally tweet these screenshots of what he calls his Plinko boards, which are just the unbelievable visualizations of workflows that his customers go through. So he does tremendous personalization um, to grow his business, and it, he'll tell us it has a tremendous effect um, on his revenue. So, Brennan, all right, enough of my rambling. Thank you for joining us. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Kurt. Glad to have you here. All right, so number <laughs> one, tell me, about, um, tell me about segmentation, what it is, why do we care? Yeah, I mean, so all, all segmentation really is at the at kind of the foundation is, uh, like you said in the intro, not everyone's equal. Um, segments could be a lot of different things. It could be I'm a customer versus not not a customer. I, um, I you know, I, I'm to go back to your bike example. I'm more of a I care about commuting, uh, a bike for commuting. I don't really care about performance biking or mountain biking or anything like that. Um, I mean, every there are. Everyone needs products for different reasons, right? So if you have a product like a bike, people want that bike for a different reason. Um, and there are also uh, different kind of parts of the overall sales funnel that somebody could be in when it comes to the reasons for that bike. Maybe they've never biked before and they want to get fit or something like that and they think biking will help them do that. They're going to have a different attitude and a different perspective on the bike in the bike shop than somebody who is really just looking to go from point A to point B versus somebody who is like a hardcore biker who, um, you know, is going to walk in and really know what he, he or she's doing. So all segmenting is just saying, look, you've got people hitting your site. You've got people on your email list. They're not all equal. They have different needs for wanting you. They have different needs uh, based off of who they are demographically, what they've done behaviorally. And, um, you know, where they came from, what they bought versus haven't bought and so on. So it's really just being able to identify and, um, and, and track what segment or segments people might belong to. 
So the, the fundamental outcome of segmentation, you know, like all things, is providing more value to their customer, giving them a better customer service experience because we're preempting a lot of their questions um, and decisions, and then also removing all the cruff, the stuff that if we know what their intent is, then we know all the stuff we don't need them, that they don't need to see, that they don't care about. We could take that stuff away. Um, and we could do this in, like right now, I think you know some people are going to be doing this in, say, uh, you know, segmentation as a concept, they're going to be segmenting people in Facebook sales funnels. That's one of the things we do. Or they'll be doing it in um, their email software like Klaviyo. Your magic is you're building a tool to do it on site. That's the thing I haven't seen people do. Talk to me about that. Yeah. So, you know, I've been doing this really since 2013. I don't know if you remember, I had a little WordPress plugin called WordPress Conversion Funnel for Infusionsoft. Oh, yeah. And yeah, that was a it was like the 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 genesis of genesis of it all, but what I was doing back then was relatively simple. I was just saying, look, if you're on my list, don't show an opt-in form. If you, you know, if you're anonymous, show an opt-in form. If you're on my list, show a product promo, and if you bought the product, maybe show something else. And that's, that's all it a, did. It, you say that's yeah. all it did, but that's such an obvious thing to do. Such an yeah, easy but no one does it. Right? <laughs> no one does it. I'm not even doing it. I should be doing it. And I do. Yeah. I don't have that set up on my own sites. I mean, it makes sense why you would do that, right? I mean, it, you don't need you don't need to run an A/B test to think like, would it make more sense to not show an opt-in form to somebody already on my list? You know, yeah. The answer is always yes. It's well, going to make a, more sense. A quick, uh, a quick uh, thinking out loud. So Shopify uses Liquid, same as Drip does. You uh-huh. could do this in. You could easily do this um, in Liquid on inside the template, where you just say like, if if uh, you know, it, <coughs> excuse me, if customer logged in. Um, then don't show, then hide this element. You know, sure. don't show yeah. this opt-in form. So auto, right. like boom, there. Using no external apps, we have added some level of personalization to a site. And yeah. we do like and it's really just and show like a promo for a different product. Well, it's about making what they're seeing more relevant. And I think you gave a really good example in the, in the intro with the bike shop analogy. And oh, the you example I with that one, it's great. Well, the, the example I like to give is if I'm doing if I'm selling you one of my products offline, like, like we're talking on Skype. I'm going to take into account anything I know about you, the way you're behaving, um, you know, all that sort of stuff. And I'm going to pitch my product differently to you. But like you said, we're we're creating these kind of like more, more or less static websites that say the same thing to everyone. But where you really get results are when you can anticipate, well, if this person has this need and I know they have this need because I've looked at the way they're behaving, I can probably assume that they're going to resonate better with this messaging. So the tool we're building, Right Message, all it does is we're calling it reactive messaging. It's just reacting to what we know about somebody and speaking differently to them. And then the next page load, which could be a half second later, if somebody who is completely different is viewing that product page, they're going to see different messaging than the person before them. So the idea is Anything we do offline, if we're doing any sort of high-touch sales over the phone or in person, we're always taking into account what we know about the person we're, we're speaking with, and we're tailoring our pitch, tailoring the offer to speak directly to them. So why aren't we doing that online? And, and what ends up happening is you end up with these massive sales pages that need to cover every objection under the sun. Um, and need, you know, I, I, why I started doing this, honestly, was... I had a product where I have a product, WR Freelance Rate, which is my primary product. It's had like 8,000 or more customers now. And it's an info product, I, correct? Yeah, it's an online course. Yep. 
And we've, it helps, you know, designers, web developers, marketers, writers, but it also helps small agencies, solo freelancers, people thinking about freelancing. And the issue we were running into was people would come and let's say they run a three person agency. They see the title, they see the language I have on the sales page and they think, well, this isn't for me. Yes. I'm not a freelancer, even though it could still help them. Yeah. Conversely. Right. right. Like the fundamental concepts are universal there, but the pain and problems you're speaking to are going to be totally different for, you know, me now in like year nine of my consulting career versus me when I was in, say, like year three when I first discovered your stuff, like totally different. Exactly. But on top of that, too. I was running into the issue where a lot of the examples I gave were in the around software development because that's what I know. That's my background. And then we would get writers coming through who would see this and they'd think, well, this can't help me. Or we would get marketers or designers thinking this can't help me. So I thought, well, I could probably figure out what kind of work my audience does. And it could be as simple as just sending them a survey or I do these little on-site survey things now where when you join an email course of mine, I ask you point blank, what kind of work do you do? And they tell me. And then by the time they get to that sales page, if they're a designer who's solo, or I should say, let's say they're a designer who's an agency, and they get to the sales page, the, line, the headline is about design. Any instance the word freelancer is replaced with, free, uh, with design agency. Testimonials are from other designers. So it looks like it's a product made for designers. But... That is done dynamically and on the fly. So then, if somebody else who's a solo programmer sees the page, they're going to see exam- they're going to see testimonials from developers. They're going to see more developer-centric language. And again, this doesn't need to be tested. If you can give somebody language that is more relevant and, and positioned directly to them and their needs, it's going to resonate better. It's oh, gonna, absolutely! They're going to think this is made for me, which is what people want. Yeah, you wanna, we always want to hold up the mirror. We want to see ourselves in what we're reading so that we can relate to it better. That's human nature. Exactly. Um, exactly. You know, I've said it many times, but one of our best conversion rate optimization hacks is survey your customers, figure out how they see themselves, how do they, uh, why are they buying, and what language are they using, and then just put that back into your site. And what yeah. you're doing is taking that a step further and saying, okay, yes, do that. But let's also, you know, let's acknowledge that there is, there is not one perfect customer, which, I mean, moving from just treating, moving from not doing this to doing the survey and having one customer, okay, great, you've leveled up. If you're already there, leveling up again would be, let's, now let's start finding the nuances. Let's start uh, segmenting these people more and putting them into, and then having our site change dynamically based on that. Yeah, I mean, you could like one, I mean, obviously I could go down and heavily niche down and say, I have a product called W or or design agency rate, which then is going to appeal to those people, right? Right. Um, But while that, I mean, the reason niching does so well is it allows us to create both pitches and offers and products that speak more directly to the intended buyer. But then what happens to those of us who have more general products or products that could be used in different ways? And that's where on-site positioning or on-site personalization, I should say, sorry, uh, that's where on-site personalization really shines is when we can say, look, if they've bought this product already, we know a bit about them at that point. If they've bought this other product of mine, I can assume that they 
know why they bought that. And I have a better way now of upselling or cross-selling this other product to them differently than I would if somebody brand new was put in front of this product. Or if they, um, I mean, there's all these different things that we've been doing where, you know, there's explicit segmentation like you talked about where you ask, are you returning or new? Um, there's explicit segmentation is also things like customer or non-customer. But there's also a lot of implicit personalization you can do or segmentation you can do where you're looking at what are they what are they consuming? What kind of content are they looking at? Uh, where did they originally come from? Did they come from a like a, a sports biking blog and then were referred to us? Well, we can assume that that person is not a hobbyist, is not a commuter biker, right? So that's the kind of stuff where we can look at behavior, look at how we acquired them. That's actually really one thing I really geek out on with when it comes to Facebook ads is I can take an ad and then within Facebook's own ad editor say only target men or only target women between these ages or only target people from this area or only target or target people who like have this interest. And then I can carry all that data over in the URL to my site and then remember that permanently if I want. And then I can have that affect things downstream. So I've done that before where I run an ad that's targeting uh, people who like Smashing Magazine, which tends to be more of a kind of like web developer focused um, online magazine. Well, I just assume that any traffic coming from that is a web developer. And then I let everything downstream get modified accordingly. And um, yeah, I mean that, to be honest, it's taken a lot of development work to make all of that stuff I've described happen. Um, and that's again why we I ended up deciding to start this company, Right Message, because um, we were getting people who run businesses or are marketers or something like that who can't code, and they're like, right. "I want that," and that's that's what led me to uh, doing what I'm doing now. No, that makes total sense because you've got. So it sounds one of the hallmarks we've seen of successful businesses is the the founder has an itch that they can't scratch, and they go, "You know what? I've got this problem. I could do this better." Someone should do this better. Why not me? And that's what you've gone ahead and done. So you start as your own best customer, and then when you've solved that pain, then you move on to the others. That's fantastic. Well, I think for me personally, it was more, you know, I started out as a developer who stumbled into running a business in marketing. So I started out, you know, my roots are as a coder. And I would log into, let's say, Amazon or Netflix or something like that, and I'd see recommendations specific to me. You know, Amazon is doing a lot of on-site personalization. Like, they that's what they do, right? Um, Netflix, when I go to that, I'm not seeing films I don't care about. I'm seeing films related based off of their recommendations um, from what I've watched before. And a lot of people will say, well, that's because, yeah, I mean, you have an account with them, right? I go to Netflix and I log in. I go to Facebook, I log in. I'm not seeing every status update ever. I'm only seeing status updates from my friends. But... The way I looked at that, I was thinking, well, the web browser doesn't care. It has no idea the difference between a static web page and Facebook. It's all HTML to the web browser, right? So why can't we treat something like an opt-in on my site as an authentication event? So if you're opting in or you're clicking a link in my email app and going back to my site, I have data. I know who you are. Now I'm syncing that data up in my case, to my email marketing provider. So I treat that as my database. And then I'm able to, anytime I, I learn anything about somebody, where they came from, what pages they're viewing, and so on, I sync all that up so that when they come back later, even if they're on a different device, 
it has that context. So if you opt in on your phone to an email course of mine and you tell me you're a designer and I learn other things about you, and then I promote a product to you and you go to that product sales page on your desktop, there is continuity of messaging um, across your entire experience, which is, again, if I was, you know, if, if Kurt, you called me up and you said, hey, Brendan, I, I hear you, you have this, uh, you know, this course on pricing, I would talk to you over the phone about, well, tell me a bit about, like, what led you here? What, what, do, you, what do you sell? Who do you sell to? What have been your struggles? And so on. And I'd learn about you. And then I'd describe the product to be relevant and specific to you. And that's all we're talking about. It's just right. why, you know, why aren't we doing that on our sites? So I'm, I'm sold on the idea, but you had, um, in case someone isn't like, why, you know, it sounds like, oh, a lot, it sounds like a lot of effort to think through how we're going to segment people. And I want to dive into, um, some tactics for segmentation because I've seen you do some clever ones. Um, uh, or I lost my train of thought. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. Um, so you had told me in the pre-interview about a time, um, last Black Friday, how you use segmentation and the, yeah. the result it had. Can you tell me about that just as, a, as an example so we can, you know, we, we can help see the, the, the end benefit of what we're doing here? Yeah, so two years ago, I did a Black Friday sale like I usually do. Um, and two years ago, which was 2015, I just did the usual um, email my entire list and announced these are the products that are in sale and that's it. And it did okay. I mean, I, I made good money on Thursday. It was great. Or No, it's Friday, right? Yeah. It was great knowing that, um, you know, everyone I knew was out spending money. I was making money. It felt good. So last year, though, I tried something a bit differently. I said, well, instead of just sending out a, a big broadcast email, let's do something a bit different. I know whose customers, like I know who's bought what. That's all in my database. And I also have been tracking for most people what kind of work they do, how big their team is, and so on. And what ended up happening was I had these different pathways that somebody could go down. So I, I put everyone into a giant workflow, a Black Friday workflow. And then depending on what you've bought or haven't bought, you would kind of go down this, and you described it earlier, this Plinko board kind of thing. This, you know, if they've done this, go to the left. If they haven't, go to the right. And then it would keep splitting off and, and branching from there. And all I ended up doing was saying, look, if you've bought product A, when I send them an email, or if you brought product A and you've only bought product A, they're going to get an email from me detailing all the discounts on everything except product A. And I'm going to anchor hmm. how I describe the each of these other products against how it could be an extension, how it can, if you've learned this part of consulting, this is why you need to know this now that I assume that you now have learned or mastered that other part of consult consulting that you bought the course from me about, right? So what it and basically it ended up just being this thing where you would get an email from me and 12 different core variants went out, depending on what people have bought and haven't bought. And on top of that, I also changed the in email uh, messaging to reflect what kind of business they ran um, and how big they were. So if they said something like, let's say I know they're a designer and they're solo and they bought up your freelancing rate, they're going to get pitched on Mastering Project Roadmaps and it's going to be anchored as an extension of double your freelancing rate. It's going to talk about how you can use roadmapping as a designer to grow your design business. So, you know, it's, it's relatively 12 core templates that went out, each with slight modifications in the copy. It ended up doing 4x more in sales Whoa. than the year before with probably about a 7% list growth. 
So, you know, factoring that out, the, the growth of the list, that's still like a pretty huge, you know, bump, right? So I'm happy with that. And I plan on, you bet I plan on doing that again and probably even in a more sophisticated way um, this year. And actually, one thing I'm doing now is I've moved away almost entirely from kind of like big launch emails. And instead of what I'm doing is I'm putting everyone on a quarterly automated launch that will basically run through that thing again, but every three months relative hmm. to when somebody joined my list. So it's an evergreen, so, an evergreen new product launch sequence based on when people much. signed yeah. up. Exactly. Um, but I'll still do a Black Friday uh, thing this year. But I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, they got these emails that were almost like it was written for them. They clicked through to the sales page. The sales page is now tailored for them. And those two things compounded just netted a huge amount of additional sales contrasted to the year before. So, I mean, I've seen this on my own, both in, in that example, I've seen it site-wide where, I mean, my sales have permanently increased by more than 2x uh, for most of my products as a result of just doing stuff like, that makes sense, right? Like, change the testimonials to be people like them. Change the headline to speak directly to them. Change the way you describe the offer to be relevant to what you know. Like I, I ask people point blank, what is it you want from me? And that's just a little survey. They're browsing my site. They read an article. Little widget comes up. You know, what are the which one of the following five things do you want most from me? Do you want community? Do you want one on one? Do you want business training? Do you want uh, skill augmentation? And forgot the um, or motivation. They tell me, and then I, I factor that into the way I describe the product. So if you're looking for, um, you know, uh, skill augmentation, I'm going to describe that product differently than if you were looking for community, because but that product, double your freelance rate includes community. But if you're not, if you don't care as much about community, I'm not going to promote that as much or as heavily as I would how it's going to help you measurably increase your abilities as a consultant. So, so thinking it's out just, loud. I mean, this yeah. is tremendous. I'm thinking about uh, thinking out loud about how how we could turn the strategy into tactics where people can apply it today in their Shopify store. Um, so, like one, this was the the flow I would go with is a if you're number one to be doing something like this, you're going to need more advanced email software. Um, in your case, you're talking about Drip. I use Drip in my own business. If you're um, and Drip does have a Shopify integration. Um, but it does purely, it's really meant to do, to not do like big fancy HTML emails. It's meant for, hey, this very personalized, one-on-one, -on -one, more text, uh, plain text um, conversations, which I love, that's, that's, I love that about Drip, but it's not um, specifically tailored toward e-commerce. So that's why we've got a majority of people um, who are going to want to do this are probably going to need Klaviyo. Klaviyo integrates really tightly with Shopify, has tons of metrics, lots of um, segmentation and automation workflows that you could build into it. Um, so it would work there. So I'm kind of thinking, um, and in Shopify, uh, well, you can add custom fields in Klaviyo, but I don't think you can tag people the way you do in Drip. But in mm -hmm. Shopify, we can tag people. So okay. And in Klaviyo, we could do it based on purchase. We could do things based on purchases. Um, so you could segment people based on purchases to try and figure out who they are and do the same thing um, in Klaviyo. We can also, there's an app called um, Customer Tagger for Shopify. That's five bucks a month, or it starts at free. I was looking at it right now. Um, small, it's got good reviews, but again, like 
I think there's a lot of power in this thing. Um, you set up rules, and then you could tag customers based on based on their behavior. Um, you tag them on you know what product or what product variant they buy or how much you know their their cart is. So you could do it that way um, to segment people or do it in drip. All right. So now I'm I'm segmenting um, based on which product they've purchased, and then I could turn around and send out you know more adept emails based on that, and then inside Shopify using a little bit of liquid, so you gotta know, gotta know your, your basic HTML here. You could set up if-then statements, that's like if customer tagged X, then do you know Y, um, using this customer tagger app. So like right now, today, you could make this work. Now something exciting I heard in our pre-interview, you write message integrates with um, your service, write message integrates with which email services right now? So right now, Drip and ConvertKit, we're um, really doing it based off of, so we've had a big, a few big customers who have come on board that are kind of dictating to us low-hanging fruit in terms of integration. So, um, but what we're doing, so the, the whole model of the app is you have different sources. A source could be your email marketing app, it could be your customer database, it could be your browser, it could be behavior, what pages they viewed. We track all that by default and we'll integrate with virtually anything, especially once we get segment up as an integration. And what we're able to do is, um, if you've ever used a tool like Optimizely or a VWO and know how to do, you know, point on an element and say, change the content of this to be that, if these conditions are true, that's what we'd be looking at. So you'd be able to say something like, um, let's say that you've got, let's keep it simple, you have two products. Um, if they, on product B, you could go and basically click on the uh, headline or the intro text or whatever else and say, uh, you know, I want to change it to this. And then you set up a rule that says, make that activate when they've bought product A. And then we would just tie into either Shopify's backend if that's, if they're authenticated or even, um, Cla does Clavio have any sort of, um, you know, with DripHow, if you send somebody to your site and they're not logged in, will it still create that kind of link between the two? Uh, it should, I mean, it does, okay. yeah, it has a, there's a JavaScript that runs with Clavia. There's a JavaScript that runs on the site. Cool. And if the person is on the list and cookied, you can trigger events based on that. So right okay. now, like the basic example they have is browse abandonment. So if somebody's already on the list, they look at a product and don't buy it, don't even add it to cart. You can fire off an email that, you know, and a, that says like, Oh, you looked at this item. Did you forget to buy it? You know, I mean, that's like their basic template. Obviously you do a much better job than that. Sure. But the bones are there to make this work. We just haven't seen anyone do it, or if they are, they're not talking about it. Yeah, I mean, what we're trying to do is, again, making it so anyone who can use a web browser can do this stuff. And obviously, if you are piping the right data into your backend, let's say Clavio, we can work with that. So it's just a matter of, I mean, at the, at the beginning of the day, you know, at the end of the day, you need to have segmentation in place in order to personalize. If, if I don't know who somebody is, I can't speak more to them. So that means aggressively capturing all data possible and storing it in a way that's queryable. So that would be what they've bought, whether they've bought or not bought anything. You know, Are they a customer or non-customer? If they are a customer, what have they bought? Um, maybe even looking at behavioral things. And that's something we're actually building in first class into the app like you can be able to say, this is the category of um, performance bikes. These are commuter bikes. These are 
uh, I don't know what other categories there might be. Mountain bike. But, there we go. Yeah, mountain bikes. But being able to see like, hey, they're reading, they're looking at a lot of product pages in the mountain bike category. We can then infer that they probably care about mountain bikes. So then if they go to the homepage, we can have the hero area be focused on promoting a mountain bike or something like right. that. Yeah, we make our first offer. We could swap that out. Uh, the featured collections of products, we could swap those out. Yeah. Um, we can even change like which blog content they view. Um, exactly. And we could also figure out what they're, you know, we can figure out what they're interested, not just based on past purchases, but then based on what they view, like you said, mm-hmm. not just products and collections, but even blog articles. Like if we had. Oh, know, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, last time Kaylee Moore, last week Kaylee Moore told us, hey, you should, you know, you got to write buyer's guides for this stuff. Okay. We can then show those buyer guides. We can advertise those buyer's guide on Facebook to the correct segment and then say we could use UTM tags to say, to pass that data forward, we could use, um, or even just the URL that they visited. Yeah. Which in that I mean, one should just work in Clavio too. Right. Exa- right. So, you know, if you've got, like you said, if you've got categories on your blog for mountain biking, that is to, in my mind is as clear of an indication that if they're reading those articles that you email them, but they're not reading the, um, you know, commuter bike articles. Right. And that's then, the, that's what I saw was clever that you're doing is when you send out blog articles based, you're recording which articles they read and Correct. don't, and not the ones they don't read and using that to both a, uh, not recommend products they, or not recommend articles they already read, but figure out what, um, so they have a more personalized experience there too. Um, but also recommend to them, which, um, you know, more appropriate products and then use the right language. Well, as are, so what we're doing now is we've got that quarterly pitch happening and then we're basically tracking the leaderboard is what we're calling it of what kind of content are you most reading or most consuming? And then what happens is when you, when it's your turn to be pitched on something every three months, I have basically a little script that runs that figures out, well, what has Kurt been most interested in? And then you're going to get pitched on a product similar to that. Um, so what the, the end goal of this, and it's something we're actually almost at is making it. So the emails you get weekly from us, which are all pre-done, nothing is sent live every Thursday, somebody gets an email from us. Um, we're able to do stuff like if they're trending in this direction, start making the emails they're getting about pricing, whereas somebody else who's trending in the marketing direction is going to get emails every Thursday about marketing until they're pitched on a marketing product. So that's the kind of stuff that, you know, when you're able to get uh, that stuff is probably way down the road for most people listening and which is fine, but it's some, it's, it's should be kind of like, you should be looking in that direction is what I'm getting at because I've been doing a lot of this for quite a few years now. And it started out, like I said, with just basic, are they on my list or not on my list? And I started from there and then I got more complex and then more complex and then more complex Right. But each time Stand I added complex, exactly. Every time I added more complexity, it did pay off. And again, it didn't. I didn't need to A/B test m- most of this because I could have, and I, I have at points. But for the most part, I didn't need to because I knew, you know, if you're looking at a product and you see a mix of testimonials, and then you're looking at that same product and you see testimonials from people just like you, which one is which variation is more likely to make you think, okay, this is actually a product meant for me. It's going to be the latter one, right? So that's the kind of stuff that slowly over time, that stuff started getting added. And now I've got this system that 
the quote unquote live emails I'm sending are not live and they're now being more specific and specifically generated based off of what somebody's reading, what, what I know about them, where they are in my funnel, what they've told me they need from me, um, with the idea of how can I speak directly to people at scale, at 40,000 plus people in that hopper. So it, it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. But um, yeah, I mean, it's I'm hoping, though, that a lot of people, everyone I've talked to about this stuff when it comes to like, do you get how this can be beneficial? I've never heard anyone say, you know what, I, I think actually more vague general messaging is going to work better. <laughs> Like no one said that, yeah, right? No one thinks that. But it, there's this, there's this block because I think a lot of people think, well, you need to go out. Like I don't want to write ten versions of the sales page um, for ten different segments. And what I'm telling people is, I don't do that either. I go in and I change key phrases, which is pretty simple to do. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I it's it, you've got a sales page, but certain things, certain certain lines, certain headlines will get swapped out. Um, so I think the intimidation a lot of people have who could technically do this is thinking like that's you're going to require a lot of work for me from me to make this happen. But, um, you know, as long as you start small and make incremental changes, you will see a lift in both conversions and sales, which is probably what we all want. Right. No, absolutely. OK, so backing up a little bit, how is how is this how is segmentation and personalization different than traditional just demographic market research? Yeah, so if you're doing proper market, I mean, there, there's multiple types of market research, right? But the idea is you go and you, do you mean when you do like a, a focus group type thing versus a like Amy Hoy style or what do you mean by market research? Uh, I usually, I was thinking probably in terms of, uh, like Facebook audience insights tool where I'm just going to take ah, all yeah, my customers okay. and it. then just look at them as a co like one giant cool. cohort. Yep. So, um, okay. So like, you know, primarily women, this age group, uh, yes. or this age range. Yeah. I mean, that's, you should have baseline copy that speaks to the, I would say the, the normalized customer of yours. Right. And that's what we should be doing anyway. Like all of us should be writing copy with a single person in mind. And that single person should probably be the, um, you know, whatever, whatever kind of insights we gain from a tool like, um, you know, that, that Facebook's audience info thing, whatever it's called. Audience um, insights. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we want to use that to generate like a, an avatar. We like when I write, right. I usually will picture like one client that I'm speaking to. Exactly. So, I mean, you would, I mean, I think all of us do that, or we should be doing that where we're looking at who's kind of like that, specific, like you said, the, the specific avatar that we are writing this copy for. If I was writing this, uh, if I was emailing you this copy, who's on the receiving end, right? But there's still that not everyone who is eligible for our product fits that mold. Right. And um, that person too, that you know, somebody who's 20 years old and female doesn't tell me much about why. It doesn't tell me why they need the product. Like, what do they actually, how do they, like, I mean, I guess you could get some of that potentially from, like, what interests they have um, on Facebook. But for the most part, it's not going to give me insights in, ter in terms of, to go back to the biking example, why do they want to bike, right? I mean, yeah, it's great to know that they're female and 
they're of this age range, but why do they want a bike? And the more we can do things that either let people self-select by sending them a survey, say they opt into your list, hey, fill out this quick form or click the link that best applies to you. So let's say they click the link of, um, you know, I don't know much about biking, but I want to get healthier. That's going to let you then downstream modify the communication you have holistically with them. So the emails you send them, the copy on your site, maybe even how you re- remarket them. I mean, all of that should be in sync with each other. And the more info you gather, the better. So I'm more of the, I mean, I don't do, like, I've never looked at, I mean, I have an idea of like who my normalized customer is. It's changed over time. But for the most part, I'm mostly interested in thinking, how can I really make it so I can speak to multiple people at once without losing them? And that's really true. I mean, you can be the greatest copywriter on the planet, come up with a really good copy that covers all the bases in terms of, you know, how to write, how to how to pitch all that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, what really works time and time again is niche copy. Focus right. copy. Yes. And that's that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Here. That concept of holding up the mirror. So how does this, um, you, you touched on briefly uh, reporting. If we're talking about, you know, traditionally we've got these key performance indicators, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, conversion rate and customer lifetime value and uh, average order value. You know, if I'm looking at those reporting figures, I'm still looking at them for the entire, you know, the, the all of my customers all at once. Yeah. How does, you know, not even just personalizing necessarily content, how can I use segmentation um, and reporting? Like, I see that there's, I know, I could feel there's value in there, but what would be like a practical example? Oh, there's a ton. So I I track, like I said, let's talk about business type. So I track what kind of business somebody does. And what I've done is I took, I ran a reported mix panel, which is what I use for reporting. And I look at the overall conversion rate from uh, sales page from uh, of double your freelancing rate to add to cart to check out, um, you know, ultimately purchase. Right. So that's the funnel by breaking it down by business type, which I know most people's businesses, unless they're direct traffic and or in, incognito mode or something like that, which is rare. Um, for the most part, people who hit that sales page, I know what kind of business they run because they ask that at the my primary lead magnet asks people what kind of business they run when they opt in. So what I noticed was developers were worth like 40 or $50 per page view. So if you're a developer and you hit that page, uh, the, the sales page, that page view is worth about 40 to 50. I forgot specifically what it was. And again, it's always changing. But last I checked, writers were worth about $13. So a writer was way less valuable than a developer. And designers were worth somewhere in between. Now, the interesting part was for designers and developers, the value, the average value per customer was almost identical, but the value per subscriber who hits that page was about half for designers versus developers. So it's like 25-ish or so. What that told me was a few things. First off, I'm really dropping the ball when it comes to designers and writers. I'm doing okay with developers, but I'm really, there's a huge disconnect, especially with writers. And my thinking there was I need to, you know, there's there's two things you can think. The first is either maybe writers just don't have any money (laughs) compared to developers. Right. That's a very valid reason. Or maybe writers are seeing the sales page and thinking, yeah, uh, you know, he's not speaking my language. 
he's not talking like I, you know, we in the world of freelancing, for instance, people talk about fees and then they talk about rates and then they talk about pricing. And like, there's all these different ways of really describing the same thing. And that's the, that, that, what I, that's what I realized was the big issue. So I just decided to start calling random people. I just would send out a Calendly invite who are writers and say, Hey, I saw you checked out the sales page. Um, didn't buy, which is fine. I just wanted to see if you could walk me through kind of like your interaction with it and let me know, um, you know, if I was losing you in any way or, or whatever. And I learned a ton doing that. I learned so much doing that, that the writer valuation has been going up steadily ever since doing that. Um, so that's one benefit is you're able to see like, who are you losing? And you can either make assumptions about why you're losing them or just talk to them. Um, but the other thing he told me was, oh my God, I'm getting, developers are worth a shitload of money. <laughs> so how do I get more of them quickly? Right. So it, you know, it, it lets you see what should I focus on now acquisition-wise? And that would influence guest posts I do, paid acquisition stuff I do, you know, whatever else. But it also told me where, you know, which segments were weakest. And then I could go in and systematically say, like, if I'm losing them, it must be because I'm, the messaging is flawed in some way to them. So I can go and fix that. And that's what I've been doing. And it's been, I mean, that, that's basically my, that's how I decide, like, what am I going to work on next? Hmm. So I'll open it. Yeah. A more data, more data driven decisions. Exactly. Yeah. Which is the best kind of decisions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't have to feel bad about it or second guess it. Okay. Yeah. I love this idea. I still, you know, it's still, it feels complicated. Um, but I think if you, you start slow, start small and then start building on it rather than try to, Hey, let's do everything Brennan mentioned. Um, you know, just start with some small level of personalization just to get it working, get a feel for it. I think there's, there's tremendous value there. Um, you, you were coming to the end of our time together. You're, you're just too informative. We went a little long. That's okay. Um, <laughs> the, so you had a, a special offer for us. You want to tell me about that? Yeah. So um, basically what we're doing is we've got a, if you're interested in right message, if you're interested in um, learning about this kind of stuff, we actually have been building a course called the Personalization Masterclass, where what it is, is it's basically like a 10 hour dive into what we've just talked about. Um, it's very, very in depth. It's still a work in progress, but we have a bunch of lessons that are being shipped continuously. And what we're doing with this course is we've realized that you, I can't just put a tool like Right Message in front of people and expect them to know how to use it. They don't, you know, if you're not segmenting yet, if you're not um, doing any sort of personalization yet, like how do you figure out how, first off, how do I segment? Secondly, great, I have segments, what do I do with them? Um, so we put together a course where we talk about how do you actually identify customer personas and extrapolate out of them segments. And then once we have segments, how do we then start to put in place messaging changes and so on. So it's called the Personalization Masterclass. Um, what it is, again, is it's a video course and it's usually 197, but we're discounting it uh, for you guys at 97. Um, but most importantly, most interestingly to me is it actually gives you a month of unrestricted usage for right message. So if you want to get your feet wet um, and if we get enough people who want Clavio by the time you listen to this, this that actually could be an integration that we uh, first class support. Very cool. Okay. Um, I think we're, we're going to wrap it up there. Oh, I should probably Ooh, say how to get ahead. that. <laughs> oh, I was, how to redeem that. I was going to put a, I see I already knew. That's why I skipped over. I'm going to include um, okay, in the show cool. notes. Even I've better. got a link to the personalization masterclass, right message, 
double your freelancing, anything else I should include in there? Uh, no, I mean, the only thing I could think of is if you want to see, I haven't done with right message, what I've done with double your freelancing. So if you want to see that kind of stuff, um, you can go to doubleyourfreelancing.com. And if you want to opt in, can find how I automate almost virtually everything when it comes to email communication. I will include that as well. Excellent. So if you, um, if you, you've said it all on this on personalization. I think you're going forward 2018, we're going to see a much bigger push into this space. Um, like in any commerce in general, as people, um, are getting more and more sophisticated with marketing automation tools, um, which will just, you know, it will be tremendous for everybody, you know, on, on both sides of the table. Um, but what's, you know, as a, any closing thoughts, you know, what's one, one thing you wish every Shopify store owner would do um, that they would take away from this or one piece of misinformation you'd like to correct, anything at all? Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing is there's this great book that I read years ago called Don't Make Me Think. It's all about how people generally do not want to be told what to do. They want, they want to be told this is what you should be buying or this is what you should be doing. And I think that's my closing argument for this would be, you know, if I walk into a bike shop, I want to effectively be told what to buy based off of some surveying, some Q&A that happens between me and the salesperson. So I would think like if you can put with that, wearing those, that from that perspective, I would encourage everyone to think about, you've got a store, people visit that store from many different ways, maybe from ads, maybe from referral traffic organically, however. Um, who are these people? And what can you do right now to try to speak more directly to them? That could be as simple as just having landing pages that speak directly to somebody's need and then linking directly to products um, you know, from that landing page and then just pointing, whether it's ads or uh, maybe email communication where if you know somebody is X, you know, pointing them to slash X on your site. Um, that's the kind of stuff that I would encourage you to do as a as a beginning, if you really want to get some sort of return on on listening to this uh, episode, is you know put yourself in the minds of we we all do this. You know, whenever we buy things, we need to somehow think this is what I'm being told. Now, how can I apply this to what I really need? And what happens is people get lost in that translation, right? So people, a lot of people fall through the cracks. So the more specific you can speak to somebody, and the more you can do to actually put somebody in front of the right messaging, the better. Um, and if you do that, I, I know for a fact you're gonna you're gonna get all the improvements and KPIs you care about. Brilliant. All right. So that's it for us today at the Unofficial Shopify Podcast. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. So please join us in our Facebook group, the Unofficial Shopify Podcast Insiders, and talk to us. I will add Brennan to the group against his will. Uh, or... <laughs> Sign up for my newsletter, kurtelster.com. Shoot me an email. Either way, you'll be notified whenever a new episode goes live. Of course, if you'd like to apply to work with me on your next project, you could do that at ethercycle.com. And as always, thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Our program was produced today by Paul Rita. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. 
If you're looking for more high-quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.